Lizzie pouring a coffee. Yeah. <laughs> it's essential. Me one. dealing with my yeah. climate anxiety. <laughs> one cups of coffee and what's getting us through this conversation this morning. Kia ora My name is Jess. I am by all means not an expert in the space of mental health and well-being. However, climate anxiety is definitely a conversation I can contribute to. This conversation is incredibly safe. There's no trigger warnings really needed. However, we did want to offer this opportunity that if conversations around the climate, what might be causing some anxiety and just general, maybe not quite so right for you today, by all means, save this podcast episode for a later date. This corridor is incredibly safe. It's incredibly solution driven. However, we all know some days it's just not it. So with that all said, we hope you enjoy this podcast. Uh, and keep your eyes peeled for epic things happening in SEM2. Kia ora koutou and welcome to the Sustainability Sus Podcast. Hello. Should we get into it? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we're joined today by our engagement lead and our boss in the office, Jess. Beautiful, <laughs> Jess. Hi Jess. Hello, hello. Do you want to tell us a bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. Um, kia ora koutou, ko Jess Toku Ingoa. I'm the uh, engagement team leader of the sustainability office. And I have the absolute pleasure of looking after Aotearoa Kura. And Jess um, is really the brains behind all the operations. She does <laughs> absolutely everything. <laughs> you name it. Jess. We're really just here for the support. <laughs> Stop. Um, but yeah, I grew up in Taupo studied in Auckland um, and uh, yeah did a degree in geography and English and then volunteered with kids grinning topo for a while and then um, was like okay what do I do for my career um, Better go now. yeah and um, applied for a job down in Dunedin as a community ranger at Doc which I got which was really exciting never been to Dunedin before didn't know anybody packed up my little paso and drove all the way down here um, and fell in love with the place, fell in love with the people and um, then managed to score this gig. Nice. Stoked to be here. Growing up in now. the world, becoming an adult. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> and everyone still mistakes me for a student, it's great. I love it. <laughs> Yesterday this guy, <laughs> yeah. Yesterday this guy said to us, he's like, oh, so what do you guys study? And Jess was like, um, I actually don't. <laughs> he's like, you guys going to hide? And she's like, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, should we get into it? Yes, we yes, shall. let's do it. So we're going to be talking today about climate anxiety, which is obviously a very big topic. Um, so it's like feeling worried, nervous or scared for the consequences of climate change or what the future holds for the planet. It can result in low moods as a result of hopelessness or helplessness. Mm-hmm. Very relatable. Which I think yeah. is a very common yeah. feeling, especially among young people today. Mm. With like the saturation of information that you're constantly getting about everything that's going wrong, it's like it's hard a lot not of to get glue. caught up in it. But Jess is really good at dealing with it, Jess at least like on the outside. The calming, so that's why we've got her in today. Yeah. <laughs> Me and Maddie were saying before that she keeps us calm, so <laughs> she's a perfect person spiraling. to have on the podcast. <laughs> I think it's um I think climate anxiety is such a uh, a real and really valid way of feeling about things mm. especially when you're working in the space of sustainability oh, and I mean there's definitely times where I've gone away for a conference or a summer and come home and you know I said to my partner like that's it we're not having children <laughs> I do not want my babies fighting for fresh water yeah, you know like yeah. um but then 
I come to work and I'm working with some incredible people who really actually give a shit mm. and I think that's so yeah. important is I've you... really noticed that in the mm. office especially it's yeah. just like everyone really genuinely cares yeah. and it's so nice to be around yeah. yeah and I think that you know we've got a couple of teammates that very much represent the stereotype of the pale stale male mm. and they're everything <laughs> but stale you know yeah. what I mean and I think that they um, may look the part but they don't yeah. look the part <laughs> 100% and it's, it's really valid to kind of hear this information especially when we talk about global warming or you know you hear weather reports on the news and you're like mm-hmm, that's climate change or you know, you hear um, mental health uh, stats in New Zealand or, you know, you deal with those things um, personally or with mm-hmm. friends and you just think, like, man, what are we doing? But, yeah. Um, yeah, I think that as much as in this space you consume a lot of the information and you hear a lot and you um, can kind of get a grasp on the seriousness of the issue, mm-hmm. you are also very much surrounded by people who are like, cool, let's be radical, let's make these changes, let's make sure that this isn't a um, an ongoing issue, let's figure out how yeah. we solve this solution. And there's so many cool people doing so many cool things and I think that it's really easy to feel like Caring about sustainability puts you in a marginalized group, mm. but you're not. You're now part of the majority, and the conversations are changing. That's so and true. And there's people that are putting their heads together across the world that are like, "Cool, let's do this. Let's figure out this." And if you, you know, Lizzie and I have had this conversation so many times. Like, it doesn't matter if you don't care about it all because mm. there's a network of people who are covering all the bases. Absolutely. Um, so if you're championing one particular space go you and just make sure you're connecting with the right people and share your experiences and share your expertise and just celebrate what you're doing because there's other people that are covering the other gaps that you might not be. I think that's so true. I think the scary thing about climate change is like the scope of the issue and how serious it is and it's all over the world. But that doesn't mean that you have to fix every aspect of the issue all over the world. Like that's not your individual responsibility. You're part of a team that are all going to work on it. Mm, And I think that's what you're saying about like, being surrounded by those people and knowing that other people are putting in that effort as well makes you feel like you're a part of a community moving in a positive direction and it's not all on you. Especially when like initially people who were perceived to like care about the environment or care about climate change were like you said such a marginalised group and it was either like scientists who people were claiming like were full of rubbish or it was kind of like And getting silenced by the big companies. Yeah it was kind of like hippies who like people you know didn't take seriously who were like living off the land. Whereas now that it's becoming so widely accepted and recognised, I think it's almost so much easier that, like, even if you are only doing small things, if everyone else is doing small things too, then it's so much bigger of an impact than, like, everyone getting kind of, like, shut down for what they were doing at the start. Like, the acceptance of it. It would have been so so hard, like, 20 years ago, knowing what we know now. Yeah. And just being surrounded by people that didn't agree. At least now everyone knows it's an issue. Like, the politicians who are talking against it, Looks at least stupid. they still know it's an issue. I mean, yeah. thank God we're out of the, like, it's a myth kind of thing. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh-huh. Or, like, the, the Earth has just been naturally warming for all this time, so yeah. it's not to do with humans. <laughs> yeah. Shut up. I think as well, um, remembering, yes, sustainability and, you know, climate change and those kind of issues very much sit at the global scale, which means mm. it's affecting everyone globally, which yeah. means you're activating people globally. Mm. So yeah. as much as it feels like this massive issue... It's because it is, and Mm. everyone is feeling that, and there's so many people that are feeling activated in that space, and so I think that, yes, it's scary, it's full on, and um, 
it does make you question your path and your future um but I guess a layer of feeling like it, I can't control it all so mm. I'm just gonna do what I can do mm. and just let everyone else do what they Absolutely. can do and we'll come together at the end yeah, yeah. I love that quote moment. when it's like the kid picking up I don't know if you've heard that the kid picking up starfishes off the beach like all these starfish get washed up onto the beach this is such a random analogy <laughs> okay hit us with it I'm yeah. ready <laughs> and so all these starfish get like washed up onto a beach and there's this kid like walking along the beach and like grabbing a starfish and chucking it into the water and there's like hundreds of thousands of them and this like man comes up to the kid and goes what are you doing like you're never going to be able to put all those starfish back in the water like it's not going to make a difference and then the kid picks up a starfish and like chucks it in and he goes well it made a difference for that one and then it kind of like turns out that everybody bands together and like all the starfish go back in the ocean but it's so true because it's like even though one person isn't going to affect like that whole beach like doing the one thing for you know like the one starfish or whatever yeah. is like such a positive change yeah. anyway and that's they actually have a word for that and i was reading the, the thing about it and it's like what about mm, and it's the yeah. whole thing about like yeah. so say you were going to help one thing and i was like okay we really need to do something about like indigenous involvement at the uni mm-hmm. and then people go oh but what about climate change or what about um, like gay pride and it's like well it just because you're doing one thing good doesn't mean you can do everything exactly. good yeah yeah and there's always so something true. else that you could be putting your time into and it's not saying one thing's more important than another like that mm. kid putting a starfish into the ocean wasn't saying that it didn't care about the other starfish exactly. it was just the kid doing what it could yeah i think the um what about ism kind of mentality is a really great way to consider why we push representation <coughs> um and diversity Mm. in spaces and the this kind of idea that you know if you've got a committee and um everybody in that committee is um you know 50 to 60 white male (laughs) we've kind of we're kind of assuming that they've lived the kind of same sort of life story or they've got the same Mm. knowledge um and there is perks to somebody being like okay but what about you know gender neutral bathrooms and they're thinking hmm no idea you know (laughs) so I think that there is perks to people kind of taking that next step and I and saying you know well what about because um sustainability cannot be tunnel vision you have to connect to people and you have to kind of play a collaborative role Mm. and in our office we have a really great opportunity to play that role and you know connect with um Shane and Energy and then Annie and Emily and Waste and Mm. we work with um, the Centre for Sustainability and the Climate Change Network and also Māori Development and OUSA Exec and we're able to kind of help with that whataboutism yeah. by being like, yeah, these are the people you talk to on that basis. Mm. So I think that um, it is really important to put out, point out the gaps but it's when we try and fill all the gaps ourselves is the issue by yeah. being like, no, we got it all, we've sorted it <laughs> yeah. all. And they're like, no, bring the right people into the room and let mm. them talk to it it's interesting that it's affecting my 16 year old sister and me at 28 and so many different layers and um yeah that must be a lot especially given the stats that we see in youth's mental health in New Zealand being one in three Mm. uh suffer from mental ill health or anxiety or depression um and you know I think that it's a huge ask for people that aren't feeling really well within their core to start thinking about things outside of themselves like the climate mm. that's um, so true it's a place of privilege where you can come and talk and you know make those changes in the sustainability space yeah because then it often means that other bases in your life are covered 
A hundred percent. So you have that extra capacity to take on these movements or initiatives. Yeah. But then also like knowing that stat and then seeing how many people showed up for Strive for Climate. I'm like, yes, like, <laughs> you know, I mean, a lot of them might have been in the space where they're like, look, I probably can't get through like that kind of conversation today but I'm gonna show up and then it just grinds my gears that then calling out these awesome children doing a really cool thing and saying well, they were using their phones and wi-fi and um what? yeah yeah they got called out for using wi-fi and data on their cell phones while striking for climate and I just thought that's that's where you get into the whataboutisms being real yeah. negative because I think um what Kids are still allowed to care. Like, but of course, kids aren't going to be perfect. Mm. They're growing up in this world where everything's set out to be unsustainable. But then you also yeah. put children in a position where they're thinking, well, what can I do? You know, mm-hmm. if I'm doing one thing and I'm being criticised about this issue, what you kind of put them in a corner. And I think that if students are already trying to do a lot in a space to support climate change while suffering through climate anxiety or just general anxiety, mm-hmm. they're doing a hell of a lot. And we should be supporting and celebrating that, not picking at it. Mm. Um, And it's just, it's it's a shame because I would love to see more of those people in leadership showing up now for climate rather than Mm. waiting for our youth to be in leadership. Children are taking initiative and doing something and showing that they care. Maybe it might not be in the perfect way, in your opinion, but just... Mm. It, Let them be. To shut people down at yeah. that age makes them feel that hopelessness mm-hmm. and like there's nothing they can do to make a difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it, it is really hard as well because we're seeing, seeing as we said, we've gone, we've come out of this climate change myth phase, and now we're kind of going into this oh it's good PR phase, and so oh, we're navigating so, like spaces, the greenwashing. the greenwashing makes it really hard, I think, as well for students to trust what they're seeing. And so we're seeing good things happening, but it's kind of like, oh, but is that actually happening? Or that's a really cool startup idea. Would that get funding and actually be supported? Or will it be like shut down by massive corporations? How do we industrialize that idea? Yeah, yeah. And so um, it's hard. It's really hard to consume these conversations. And I think that um, the mahi that we're able to achieve on campus through, um, you know, Unpacked and this podcast and things like that we're able to kind of bring that down to a level that is easy to consume but I think it's just it's a hard space to navigate at the moment and I think that you know um when we unpacked Seaspiracy they talked about the stats that were a little bit off especially with the um if you've seen Seaspiracy this will you'll know what I'm talking about if you don't I'm sorry (laughs) the dolphin sticker that it's like dolphin safe tuna um, was kind of you know shown as this massive greenwashing thing and one of the speakers that we had on our expert panel was like yes it is now but it actually still does have an impact because mm. when it first started it was doing all the right things and now still to get the sticker you still have to put some systems into place so yes mm. it is greenwashing mm. but it is making mass corporations that are being like cool get that sticker they have to do a certain amount of things which is actually having a small impact yeah. so there are things that when you like look at them initially you think oh god here we go like you know i've spent the last three years buying dolphin safe tuna and it turns out it's not actually dolphin safe but it was, and there is aspects of it that still does support and reduce the cat bycatch of dolphins. Yeah, and it's still raising awareness around the fact that dolphins are being caught with your tuna, which well, exactly. a lot of people wouldn't realise in the first place. Exactly, life. and I think that um, alongside of that, 
you know, these experts also really validated, yes, you feel like crap because it's designed to make you feel like crap. That's and so true. These documentaries want you to feel like something. They want everyone who finishes watching and thinking, yeah. I'm never eating fish again. Because yeah. you wouldn't care about so it. They're not going to tell you the flip side. If, if you leave being like, oh, that's great. You know, nothing to worry about. I can do what I want. What would be the point of it? So, I totally understand that those engagement tools are really hard to engage with when they bring out so much emotion. You know, you felt the emotion and then you had nothing you could do with that emotion. And I think that's the issue with things like Seaspiracy is that, yes, it creates awareness, it drives emotion, and they're beautifully made, but then they kind of leave you with, like, oh, there's not really a thing called sustainable fishing. See you later. And then some people just switch off to it altogether and think, well, there's nothing And don't ever engage with it again. And then think, I don't want to watch another documentary like that because that just made me feel horrible. There is Like, you see these documentaries come out and think, oh, no way, like, the last time I watched something like that. Yeah, exactly. There's genuinely days where I can see a new documentary come out and I'm like, this looks like great information. I do not have the capacity to I was today. just about to make that exact same comment. Mm. Sometimes that happens to me and I'm like, just not the same. Yeah. Mm. Like, I know I'll love it, but I'm just not, not in the headspace. Yeah. Yes. I think in terms of climate anxiety, everyone has their anxieties in certain spaces. And I think you can look at climate anxiety in two prongs where it's you're anxious about the climate or you're battling through things like stress and anxiety or depression in a space and you don't have the capacity to care about the climate. Mm. And that's okay in both. Um, because it's not up to you to save the world, you know, you don't have to be the next Greta. Um, but I think in terms of what we can actually do about it, um, is, you know, like, like we've said, engage in the conversations and know your boundaries. It's okay to be like, not this week, but maybe next week. Or, you know, if you're having those conversations, um, offering things like trigger warnings around climate anxiety and validating that feeling because yeah. I feel like we have a lot of conversations about climate change but not a lot about climate anxiety mm. and um, the outcome and I sat on a conference last week um, about the future for sustainability and it was really cool to see people asking these experts in these spaces this must be some really hard corridor across community groups. How do you look after your mental health yeah, post? Wow. And that was like the first time I'd seen conversations like that coming through. So that was a really cool change. Yeah. Um, and I think we're now in the process of being like, yeah, this is some heavy stuff. How do we also then have a layer of looking after each other while we're going through it? I think something you actually said to me, Jess, which has like stuck with me for a while, is like people will have, I guess, kind of linked into the greenwashing, people have different intentions of, like, why they're going to do stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, whether it is for show or whether it is, like, quite a deep-rooted, like, emotional um, reason I or something. I you saying this too. But also, like, if you're going to get to the end goal, like, the same, the same end goal is the same, like, let people have their own journey with it. And, like, I think that's so... can be scaled down to, like, literally person to person. Like, if the end goal is to just, like, better the environment as a complete whole, like, oceans, fashion, like, social sustainability, like, across all areas, then what you're doing that's manageable, like, in your lifestyles and in your routines and, like, with your well-being is, like, so enough. And, like, even if your intention is completely different to someone else's, if we're ending up in the same place, then, like, that's Mm -hmm. totally fine. Just not judging other people for what they're doing. Exactly. Or having a say on everybody else's habits mm. and I, I mean it's really important especially with sometimes we see sustainability purely being a money saver mm. and um you know you can kind of feel like sometimes it feels a bit icky 
where you're like, this will save you money. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to know how to speak other people's language. If you're in Mm. the space of behavior change, you can't relate to people by being, if they don't care about that environmental Mm. impact, but if they would sway because of the money saving, Mm. that's okay to have the conversation in that manner. You know why you're there. You know why you want that outcome. Um, But you need to relate to them. And I think that comes in so many different ways as well. You know, we're talking about... Um, our carbon footprint as a university and our climate action plan our carbon action plan sorry and um, that includes reduced air travel Mm. my family live in Topol the best way for me to get there is two flights you know so I definitely feel the weight of man I'm supporting a university kind of reduce their air travel but I also need to go home and see my family Mm. and connect with my whakapapa and go home and yeah um if somebody then came to me like you shouldn't be traveling home because we actually are trying to reduce our air travel i just wouldn't connect with them and i'd make yeah. anything they say to me next redundant because i'm like you don't understand my values absolutely mm-hmm. i'm flying to england to see my family mm-hmm. and yeah. i'm not gonna not see my family who i haven't seen in like but five like, six that's years the thing, right yeah. i go home tw- twice or three times a year purely because i understand the climate the carbon footprint of it um but it's also a layer of that's something that I have to do for my well-being and to look mm. after myself but there is a ton of other things that I do for the environment absolutely and people, still aware you know? of it and not just throwing around flights wherever you're thinking about it and thinking okay I'm gonna go this time I'm gonna make my trip worth it mm-hmm. it's yeah. still good to be aware of these things but I think the judgment around it is where we run into a lot of yeah. issues and it can feel really icky feeling like you've convinced somebody to change their behavior for the reasons that you don't align with but that needs to be accepted yeah. as well I mean mm-hmm. even on a small scale it's like if somebody is op shopping because it's trendy mm-hmm. who cares if it's not like driven if by their attention or yeah. like saying oh this vegetarian meal is really healthy mm-hmm make them eat it because it's healthy and then they don't even realize but it's good yeah. for the environment as well yeah, yeah. um came out of the seasubaracy unpacked was you know we were this documentary captures the the most awful topics that's happening out in our ocean mm-hmm. and somebody said you know what is the solution here and a marine biologist um said go out and enjoy the ocean that is all it takes is just going out and having an appreciation for it and Mm. loving it and enjoying it while it's here and you know I think it was the most tangible way for an individual to feel like they could have an impact and and I think we're really lucky to live in New Zealand where you're never that far away from the beach or from somewhere beautiful we're really lucky to be in Dunedin right Otipoti has some of the most beautiful natural landscapes and so nearby and the wildlife yes yeah a hundred percent I think it's really important to um you know sustainability sits in two scopes it's environmental and it's social Mm -hmm. so there's ways where you can go out you know if I've had a really rough day or seen reports come through and I'm like oh yeah (laughs) this is heavy on the heart um I'll go home grab the dog and take him out for a walk along the beach and just kind of appreciate where I'm at one thing um that I think uh, we're seeing a switch in, especially post-COVID, is the love that we have now for those wholesome moments. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, uh, you went to the Sustainability Neighbourhood early last night. and you know, Which was great. <laughs> you mentioned drinking your tea that had the honey from the beehive there. And I think that mm-hmm. 
it's so it's just so so nice to see people just really appreciating those really low-key small-scale things because that's actually what matters yeah. i would actually recommend living at the sustainability neighborhood so much the people yeah. were incredible and the garden is beautiful it's just such a wholesome way of living yeah jerry think, uh, one of our student leads there does some great mahi so yeah there's it's just yeah it's a really wholesome space to be yeah. in to be honest all of the initiatives from the sustainability office which Jess has <laughs> led most of them um they're Pretty all awesome. just so in that space of filling your cup and like whether it's getting something new at Teoraka or going and just fixing some bikes keeping them out so of bite-sized like so like yeah like and those yeah the bite-sized things yeah. just getting out into nature and just talking to people who align with your values mm. I think I think that's where we sit it's in a really space cool. where solutions don't have to be big you might have seen some stuff on documentaries or scientists and a lot of times it was looking in the past like we were going to move into this apocalyptic type scenario where the world is going to end. 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 See yeah. you later. And like temperature is going to rise to like 4 to 8 degrees. So right now we're at about 1.2 degrees Celsius. The goal under the Paris Agreement is that we limit it to 1.5 which was very ambitious, and sadly we are not on the path True. to getting that. Mm. Um, which and is high though. I like the <laughs> Yeah, we might as well yeah. be optimistic, but it's a bit late for that now. Um, so, you, yeah, I guess you hear a lot of these scenarios where it is really scary and people say, don't have tamariki, mm. you know, what kind of world are they going to grow up into? Um, also, but, like, the population growth there's so much of that pressure as well yeah absolutely like limiting you know your impact and how many mm. children you have because obviously population growth is like a huge yeah definitely mm. and it is really fair impacts. to think that you don't want to have kids mm-hmm. and whether it's that's the reason for it, it's fair enough <laughs> do what you oh, want oh definitely if you're yeah. able to have children and you choose not to that's your choice queen take it yeah. away absolutely i think it's just important to see how far we've come especially mm. in the past 10 years yeah. like a, a lot of the scientific research is showing that these positive trends are having a big impact mm-hmm. and it's looking like we're going to have warming around like 2 or 3 degrees Celsius which is really it's scared not, and yeah. it's, it's not okay it's gonna have, it's, yeah. it's gonna, we're going to have to adjust to some yeah. of the changes that that brings about for sure it's, yes, it, yeah, it's going to be a big a big scary issue but it is looking like hu- civilization is going to continue and we're going to have to make changes. We're going to have to adapt. We're going to have to be ready for this rapid change. Mm-hmm. But I think it's important to know that the world will keep going on. Mm. And as long as we keep coming together and making these changes. We- I think it's it's really, really tangible when you think about ways you can have solutions. And if you're yeah. battling through climate anxiety and you're sitting in a space where you're stressing about it, I feel yeah, I've been there before. And I think... There's a lot of people that are in that space. So mm. chat to people, get help if you need it. Um, I think in these um, podcast notes, we'll put in some helplines. and we'll Come to our events. Just so the break fillers, we'll be there. Have those conversations. Come down to Tilaka, just I guess chat, the key takeaway of this is look after your mental health. Mm-hmm. Put that first. Do what you can. Have mm-hmm. conversations. And it's okay and if you don't take it on all yourself. hundred <laughs> percent. But what you're doing does make a difference. Yeah. Also, if it's tiny, if you're going to make a, ch- a change, it can be fun to do that with other people as well. Yeah. Like, talk to your flat. And Most people care about the same thing. If you're in spaces where you feel like people don't share the same values, like Lizzie said, keep an eye out for our events. We do a lot of really cool, wholesome things. 
um, and you can just kind of get amongst and meet a community of like-minded people in our spaces if you're struggling with that at home. Absolutely, we're always here for a chat as well. Totally. Come into the office or we'll come to Tiaraka. Got Try endless filter coffee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll warm those cups for sure. And there'll be another night market or there two. Yeah, Thank you to everyone who came works. to that because that was such a fun night. And Ooh, that was awesome. Jess and Maddie really ran that. That was really cool. <laughs> that was so fun. <laughs> that was so fun. Um, we also will be looking at doing another couple of unpacked this year. So if there is a documentary that you're like, oh, this causes so much climate anxiety, but I really like the issue mm. um it's chat about it yeah submit it through and we'll um try and get it through unpacked because i think that that model is a really great way of kind of really mm. breaking down what actually is the important takeaways from those kind of conversations mm. and it enables us really safe space to engage with the documentary yeah we're always open to new ideas as well whatever yeah. the space is yeah love to see it Awesome. Thank you, so much. thank you so much, Jess, for coming yeah. on. Thank you for having me. I'm so, I'm so, so excited to <laughs> um, Yeah, I think these conversations are really important, so thank you for taking this step and asking me to be a oh. part of it. I feel like we always have these really great conversations. We always and now do. It's cool that it's recorded. <laughs> yeah. Thanks so much, team. Thanks, thank Jess. You. Yeah.